The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, fun first hour, eh? As they would say in Canada, talking to Etienne de la Boissier Square. We had Derek Bros jump in for a moment, the organizer of the greaterreset.org. Jason Christoph said hello as well. He was uh, on the broadcast with me a couple of weeks back. That was a very popular interview so do check out um the talks live until um sunday and you can get the recordings as well there's a lot of resources there so if you're wanting to prepare for the end of the world as we know it or the end of the world um you can check out the talks the websites dig deep into the footnotes that that's sort of how i um operate as well when it comes to researching and trying to prepare for the madness that is ahead this is an interesting development now we're having banks and analysts say that the new china is india jp morgan says india is its number one market in asia investors are unlikely to return to china this year india is currently one of jp morgan's favorite markets globally but definitely it's top pick in asia so again many economies are on the decline and the wane um, and I think the issue with India is it's got a lot of room to grow, a lot of people, a lot of potential there. They say much of the optimism surrounding the world's fifth largest economy comes from how much it will continue to benefit from foreign com companies adopting a China plus one uh, strategy. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, as some companies pull out of China or uh, they want to uh, have a presence uh, elsewhere in addition to China. So that's interesting, India. If you're into investing, India might be good. Uh, just another missive from Niall Ferguson. I keep bringing him up. He's interesting. He's an establishment figure. Uh, he's out in the UK, um, you know, um, fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford. But you know, he has he's got some interesting takes. And again, he put out a piece saying America's longtime sources of power have turned weak. The U.S. used to be good at persuading allies to pursue its ends and deterring enemies from pursuing theirs. That advantage is being squandered in seven significant ways and kind of like what Ruckus and I were discussing in the Red Sea recently. Um, deter the, the, the deterrence obviously is not working with the uh, Yemeni rebels. Uh, and He does say, uh, Neil Ferguson, that American power sure ain't what it used to be during the two world wars. The Cold War and the so-called War on Terror, the U.S. not only grew rich, it also developed a wide range of levers or tools that transformed its national wealth into power. These were the keys to America's ascent to superpower status. Some are obvious, a few of them paradoxical, some endure. Too many have atrophied in recent times. So again, the West is on the decline. Meanwhile, guess who's on the rise? Report China's Xi Jinping lays out roadmap for becoming financial superpower, but warns risk can throw efforts off track. So at a top level meeting, uh, Xi Jinping put forward a definition of a financial superpower and laid out how China can become one. The plan elaborates on goals first set out at financial work conference last year, emphasizing institutional strength, government uh, coordination. And what do we see in the West? Um, institutional collapse we're seeing in all institutions corruption and and collapse in europe canada the united soviet states of america as i like to call them uh and uh meanwhile u.s planning to establish new drone bases in ghana 
Ivory Coast, Benin. The Wall Street Journal reported that talks were underway as the Biden administration, sorry, the Biden regime was seeking to establish drone bases at airfields in Ghana, Ivory Coast, Benin, following a coup in Niger over the summer that jeopardized the U.S. military position uh, there. So more drone warfare. The Stars and Stripes reported that the U.S. cut the number of military personnel deployed to Niger by more than 40% in the wake of the um, and some more bright news. When I say bright, I mean brighter than a thousand suns. If you get my catch my drift, prepare for war with Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea, says the UK Defense Minister Grant Shops. He wants Western nations to increase their military spending ahead of a possible conflict. So fun times ahead. I report from yesterday, much higher likelihood of war in Israel's north in coming months, says Army chief uh the likelihood of war breaking out on the northern border with lebanon has become much higher i don't know when the war in the north is i can tell you that the likelihood of it happening in the coming months is much higher than it was in the past add to that today statement from bibi netanyahu he says in the future the state of israel has to control the entire area from the river to the sea I don't think some people are going to be too happy with that. So again, we've been highlight highlighting this trend. I've been having many guests from across the sp spectrum chiming in uh, on this. It definitely doesn't look good. Uh, Lavrov comes out today and says, a Holocaust doesn't give Israel impunity. The Soviet people were also subject to Nazi genocide, but Russia doesn't have carte blanche in the global uh, arena. Uh, Mr. Lavrov, we also should recognize that tens of millions of Russians did die under the Soviet regime also. So not just, we, we, we got both, right? The Nazi genocide and the Soviet, we could even call it Holocaust as well, Soviet Holocaust. Um, so yeah, that's uh, most of what's going on. Um, it's not looking good and it's not, we're, we're not even to the second month in 2024 and already January <laughs> has exceeded all expectations um, in the negative sense. Uh, all right, a reminder that at TNT, we never go home. We're committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We're broadcasting live 24-7 online globally. No matter what, we got you covered on TNT. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A series of rare missile strikes between Iran and Pakistan raised tensions in the already volatile West Asia and Middle East regions. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT News producer Adam Clark, codename Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Everybody get your scorecards ready for this one. You got pen and paper? All right. Uh, Pakistan, uh, so we've got two sides here. Uh, Pakistan says it launched a series of airstrikes on quote-unquote terrorist hideouts in southern Iran, claiming the precision operation neutralized several militants. The attack comes after Tehran acknowledged its own raids on another terrorist group based in Pakistan. Say what? Meanwhile, Iranian officials cited by local media said that explosions in the Sistan o Baluchistan province has killed seven non-Iranian nationals, including three women and four children. 
Tehran has also demanded a quote-unquote immediate explanation from Pakistan about the strikes. That's according to Iranian broadcaster Press TV, uh, who reported on this, citing an unnamed but informed source. Sounds kind of the way the media works here. Uh, Islamabad's foreign minister confirmed the military action on Thursday morning, declaring the mission a success while vowing to, quote, take all necessary steps to preserve the safety and security of its people. The ministry said in a statement, quote, this morning, Pakistan undertook a series of highly coordinated and specifically targeted precision military strikes against terrorist hideouts in Sistan o Baluchistan province of Iran. A number of terrorists were killed during the intelligence-based operation, codenamed Margbar Samarkar, end quote. I hope I said that right. Uh, the foreign ministry went on to explain that it had voiced, quote unquote, serious concerns to Iran in recent years over, quote, safe havens and sanctuaries enjoyed by Pakistani origin terrorists, end quote, based in Iranian territory. But said Tehran had failed to act on the complaints. It insisted that it, quote unquote, fully respects Iran's sovereignty and territorial integrity and that preserving Pakistan's security was the sole objective of Thursday's strikes. Islamabad's attack comes after Iran claimed responsibility for Tuesday's missile and drone attacks on Pakistani Balikistan, Baluchistan, sorry, which it said targeted the Jaish al-Adli terrorist group. At the time, Iranian Foreign Minister Hossein Amir Abdullahin stressed that the attack had only targeted Iranian quote-unquote terrorists and not Pakistani citizens. Iran's operation, however, angered Pakistan, who, uh, which, excuse me, recalled its ambassador to the country while warning Tehran of quote-unquote serious consequences. And both strikes come at a not-so-good time. Uh, that's right. In case you missed it, there are heightened tensions all over the place in the Middle East, fueled, of course, by the Hamas-Israel conflict. Uh, earlier this week, Iran also conducted strikes on what it described as an Israeli quote-unquote espionage center in Iraq, which landed near the U.S. consulate, as well as Islamic State, ISIS, uh, terrorists in Syria. Uh, the barrage came in response to two previous blasts in Iran that claimed the lives of dozens of people, according to Tehran. So, Hervori... Iran is uh, brought all some party favors to the shindig. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. And the interesting thing here is um, Balochistan. Again, I was I studied this, what, some 15 years ago. Uh, people can pull up um, in the search engines. Bernard Lewis, who was an establishment elite, I think, Council on Foreign Relations. Um, and if you just type into you know, image search, I don't want to say Google image in the, in the image search Bernard Lewis plan uh, from 1979 and it shows a new Middle East where Sudan is broken up. This was 1979 and you know that happened some years ago where Sudan has now been divided. Uh, they wanted to break up Iraq. They wanted to break up Iran and Pakistan and create a Balochistan. Uh, and then there was a, another map from 2004. I think it was a NATO war game. Uh, Ralph may have been Ralph Peters. But it's a very colorful map you'll find in the image search. And again, it's similar to Bernard Lewis's plan, and it shows a Baluchistan province. And if I'm not mistaken, um, there may have been a bill in the U.S. Congress years ago that may have also been supported by neocons like Hillary Clinton 
um, for a free Balochistan. So it's interesting. The West, again, it's always the, the Anglo-American sphere is divide and conquer. Uh, irredentism is an interesting term when you study geopolitics. Irredentism that has to deal with, uh, you know, nations and and their histories that go back, uh, the ethnicities, the religions, the borders. Uh, and there are times where, you know, uh, where you've got one ethnic group on both sides of the border, um, and then you have struggles to to rearrange the borders. And so I think we're looking at some of that here. Uh, and then, as always, the empire and countries will try to take advantage of, of um, either. But it's definitely, I mean, ruckus, it's really insane. Like the flashpoints uh, everywhere. Um, and, you know, uh, Pakistan, there's been talks of Pakistan having nukes. You know, imagine if someone presses the shiny red um, button. But, uh, yeah, your further thoughts. Boy, this is uh, this is tricky because I would actually be hard pressed to find a lot of these locations on a world map. I must admit. So, um, what, what's interesting to me? So maybe you can help clarify a couple things. Uh, number one, there's this fascinating trend now where it's like every everybody's enemy, militarily speaking, are no longer like enemy forces of another army or soldiers. They're all terrorists. So we've got Pakistan. Uh, attacking terrorists and Iran attacking terrorists in Pakistan. This is just I'm losing track of all, who or what terrorists are. And then there's a lot of groups that are just freedom fighters that get labeled as terrorists. So that's that's fascinating. Um, so I wonder what your thoughts are about that. But the other thing is like who in this instance started it? Like was was this from what I could tell, it looks like Pakistan decided to 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 step up to the plate. But I don't know. I might be wrong. I was also asking myself that question. I was trying to find an in when it comes to Washington, London or, or Brussels. But we do know. I mean, look, that's a good question, uh, Ruckus. We do know that it, the, the current Pakistani regime is basically a vassal of the U.S., right? Imran Khan was the independent sovereignist. They got rid of him. So the, the current, uh, you know, Pakistani regime is pro Washington. So as I explained earlier, it would sort of make sense. Um, uh, you know, what what they were up to. I don't know. Uh, a lot is going on. And on the topic that you mentioned, I was thinking about that the other day as well, about how the U.S. just labeled the, the Houthis um, terrorists. And my explanation is that, look, it's the global war on terror. Uh, and so all of America's adversaries have to be labeled terrorists. So at least on paper, nominally, you know, it, 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 it looks like uh, America's uh, wars are legitimate right because hey we've classified them as terrorists they're terrorists um they're not freedom fighters they're not defending their own waterways or countries they're they're terrorists <laughs> ruckus is that why they call us domestic terrorists then same kind of a thing <laughs> so sad. you got it and also the, the more i've learned as an adult and doing these news stories i realize now who the real terrorists are that that's the western governments unfortunately Unfortunately, we've gotten to that point. Uh, don't say it too loud, though, Ruckus. I, I, I do want to see you on air tomorrow. So <laughs> I don't want you to be renditions. Uh, no, you, you'll, you'll be good. You're in Texas. Texas is it's pretty, the Lone Star State. There's a lot of guns in Texas. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll catch up with you uh, tomorrow. I'll be right back after this break. Now, as we move into an election year in U.S. politics at a time, when the Western Empire is under attack from within, as if an orchestrated decline is the plan. 
whilst at the same time the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order. Institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behaviour and their failures. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account, except for anyone who takes power against the ruling elite, of course. And then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, here we are, round two uh, in Morelia, Mexico, uh, on the ground at thegreaterreset.org, which is run by... Derek Rose, it's the fifth edition, uh, I believe. So this is the anti-Davos, uh, and you can watch uh, live online for free until uh, it's a five-day conference until Sunday, thegreaterreset.org, where you can catch the recordings uh, afterward. It's a lot of fun, a lot of solutions. And here with me is uh, Paul Roy. Uh, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Uh, doing uh, good. And if you want to tell us just a bit about uh, yourself and, and how you ended up here at the Greater Reset uh, as a dissident. As a dissident, yeah, I'm, I'm an escapee from Canada, I guess you could say. Back in 2021, uh, I left Canada and I haven't actually returned since. I made my home uh, in Zihuatanejo, Xtapa, Mexico. And I teamed up with uh, my group, the IHEAL Collective. And it's a group of, of natural healer practitioners. And we've come together um, and we, you know, we treat people from all over the world that fly in. Now, as far as my involvement with the Greater Reset, I've been a fan of Derek Rose's for a long time. He's the creator of the Freedom Cell Network, and he created this conference as, you know, a kind of, um, you know, the Davos crew is meeting at the same time this year. Well, we're going to do our own thing and we're going to have solutions to everything that they propose. So we have a five day conference with it's very eclectic. 
Uh, we offer different solutions for you know a day for health and wellness for you know alternative ag agriculture um also technology as well disruptive technologies um and also you know getting ourselves off some of the technologies that probably aren't so good for us yeah and so you mentioned canada right yeah. and escape and this was something <laughs> i want to get your further thoughts on yeah, sure a bit of that history COVID 1984 as i call it or COVID 911 i view it as sure. like 911 part two yeah, you, know, you get the security state and now you get the biosecurity state. It's like, you know, another layer on top. Um, and I was living in Kazakhstan at the time oh. from 2017 to 2020. And once this thing hit, I'm like, I got to get back because I don't know if I'll ever if I, I might be stranded in Kazakhstan because I might ne never be able to board a plane without being injected. Right. So I'll be forever in Kazakhstan. See, so you got to be somewhere where you don't mind being stranded. Yes. So that's what, that's and my plan. Cold in Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's remote. So I, I made it back to Mexico. But then I noticed from 2020 onward, um, a lot of my podcast listeners from Geopolitics and Empire were reaching out to me. I, I'd be, and a lot of them were Canadians. I'd meet them uh, sure. down here in Mexico. It was just an insane flood of um, Canadians and others. And um, just, you know, real quick, um, if you reminisce, yeah, y your thoughts on the Canadian regime uh, and, and th your thoughts on what? COVID what? Well, I guess that's my personal opinion on that. I mean, I, I call it the mind virus. So it was a, an operation of fear, you know, an op operation of propaganda that was probably initiated, you know, 50 or 60 years ago by, you know, brainwashing people, you know, through education. And then this was the ultimate end goal to have a situation where they turn everything up to 11, essentially, and to see how far they could push people. And they really did push people very far um with not a lot going on so when this all came about i mean being in health and wellness i already very much distrusted big pharma so i kind of knew what the game plan was is that we we're going to have a vaccine rollout right and they're going to try and scare everybody into that and i could kind of see how everything was locking down so you know as soon as i seen you know the writing on the wall i you know took bought a ticket to mexico and i haven't looked back since um you know as far as like the canadians escaping from this in 2021, uh, I believe it was the third annual Greater Reset here in, in Morelia. That was that was really interesting because we had people from all over the world and quite a lot of Canadians as well, all kind of walking here and and in the same sort of boat, you know, even from Australia as well, which was hit really hard with lockdowns. And it was it was palpable the feeling here. We didn't know, like you were saying, like are we ever going back? Like what's the situation going to be? Like how is our you know our family back home? Right, so. Yeah, it was the sentiment was very um, chaotic at that time, and everybody was kind of looking to find their place and where they were going to end up um, being, you know, this almost like a diaspora, you know, in a way for many different countries. And yeah, I mean, this is something unprecedented and uh, unprecedented, and I think a lot of us still feel some types of, of, of traumas. You know, uh, I, I was freaking out because so many people were complying around me here in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'd be like showering with security guards, um, all this sort of stuff. And it just like, I couldn't believe that so many people were capitulating to yeah. totalitarianism. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, this is in your face, totalitarianism. Yeah. Like, don't you guys <laughs> see this? Um, and yeah, you know, and, and any further thoughts on that as well? Um, as just a bigger project when it comes to the great resets. You know, new world order at, at Davos this week. Uh, I uh, board uh, Brenda, I think is his name. He's like the director of WEF. Uh, he came out and used the phrase. He was asking Jake Sullivan, 
Uh, he used the phrase uh, new order, which is what Hitler used. Right. And so you've got the head of WEF talking about, are we in the new order? We're, we're in a new order. Hitler talked about creating a new order. You've got WEF now saying we're creating a new, new order. It's yeah. literally, I call it the Fourth Reich. Um, uh, so your your thoughts on there? Well, it's kind of funny, you know, the Fifth Industrial Revolution is what Klaus Schaub talks about. You could kind of say that you know, there's the Fourth Reich and then there's the Fifth Industrial Revolution, right? Maybe. Yeah. There's a connection. It's there. it's a fascist technological structure. But you know, your your further thoughts on their agenda? What, what, what do you think ultimately are is their end game? That's a good question. I mean, I think they have a lot of plans, and whether they'll actually be able to see them through is another thing. Obviously, they want control. That's the end game, right? And they're going to. I, th I believe they use this operation of COVID nineteen eighty four, whatever you you want to call it, as to see how far they could push people and how far their programming has worked over the last forty or fifty years, right? And I think it worked pretty well. But you know what? On the brighter side of things, a lot of people woke up to this, right? There's a lot of people, so there's a silver lining to this that if they want to pull something like this off again, they now have a larger part of the audience, you know, out there that, that, you know, was kind of asleep is now awake. So there's a lot more pushback out there and they revealed a lot of their hand as well. So. Yeah, I, I think that is true. Um, the question is how much, but I think we can definitely see whether it's Canadians, Mexicans, Australians, um, even people that just went along to get along or now yeah. skeptical of mm -hmm. our governments and, and corporations. Uh, we're going to jump real quick to our headlines. TNT Radio News. Are you ready for some awesome news? Yes. One, two, three, four. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has asserted that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is exhibiting signs of instability in his hold on power and that Western allies are seeking strategies to maintain control over him. Pakistan has confirmed conducting a series of airstrikes targeting terrorist hideouts in southern Iran, describing the operation as precise and stating it resulted in the neutralization of several militants. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Chatting with Paul Roy of iHealCollective.com. I had some of his colleagues on a couple of weeks back, Baudre and Sean. Very great um, chat. Actually, uh, actually purchased one of the healing sessions today, a massage. How was uh, that, by the way? It was great. I thought I was going to need a, um, a wheelchair afterwards. <laughs> a little bit painful. But, um, and yeah, talking about health solutions. So, you know, there are different things we can talk about. Talking about COVID-1984. Um, Baudre's, she gave the first talk yesterday, which was fantastic. And we're talking about the jabs, right? The COVID injections. I've had some of my listeners, um, contact me and ask about, um, what do I do if I've been injected with what I call the Pentagon juice <laughs> or the DARPA gene therapy, all right? Um, all is not lost, right? So yeah. you can check out Baudre's talk yesterday. I uh, also check out our website, your website, I held collective. And she gave a, an entire protocol of things people can do if you've been, if you've gotten one, two, I don't know how many uh, COVID injections, but 
just your thoughts coming back to health. Um, we sort of, you know, we got big pharma, the, the military, pharmaceutical, industrial, congressional media <laughs> complex. complex. Um, and so they're insane. They want to inject us, um, feeding us GMOs. It's just getting harder and harder to shop for food. Yeah. Um, I just the doctors all just want to jab you, and if you're not interested in jabs, they're not really interested in you as a client. Yeah. I've had that experience here in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and so just your thoughts on big pharma uh, and and um, you know trying to stay healthy. Well, from my perspective, I would consider myself an environmental and lifestyle coach. And what do I mean by the environment? I have five categories that I teach my clients. First is light, magnetism, water, air movement and mindset, emotional, spiritual. So everything in health and wellness should fit into that. And it's really a, a, a process of connecting back to nature and then removing the things in the modern world that are making us weak, right? And I have my own health journey. So I was always interested in health and wellness since in my twenties, my early thirties, I actually lost my testosterone and it was a kind of a cascading effect to all the systems of my body. I had to re really reevaluate what I thought health and wellness was. And it led me on a journey of self-discovery and also reconnecting back with nature. And I, I dug into the science uh, quite deeply and I was able to apply these uh, fundamental things of nature that I just mentioned uh, to get myself back. And that's what I teach people to do now. So, you know, that being said, the body is in a healing machine. All it wants to do is heal itself. We need to put it in the correct environment and give it the correct, the correct things to get the energy for it to do what it does best. And so that's what I help people to do today with I Heal. And, you know, maybe if you could tell us a bit about some of the experiences um, that people have been having, the, the results. Yeah. Uh, we've heard different testimonies of people who try, let's say, unconventional yeah. strategies are having success. And yeah. I mean, I've been doing that in my personal life way before any of this, like in, in, you know, 20 years ago, I had different ailments and you go yeah. to the conventional doctor and they're like, oh, you can't do nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, and then I find some other dude who says, oh, just, you know, use eucalyptus or, or you know natural stuff sure. and it it solved the problem uh and it's just you, you know your your thoughts on what, what are some of the things that you've seen in some of these health journeys yeah so i mean i can just talk about like some of the the most things that people come to me for i think number one is probably sleep issues i mean everybody has sleep issues and even if you don't think you do your sleep cycle is being thrown off by a bunch of environmental factors you know we're in front of some really bright lights right now the artificial lights in our environment are basically throwing all of our hormones off. And that leads me to another thing is, is infertility is huge, right? I mean, if you're an infertility doctor, you are printing money right now, right? And I don't think they're really solving the heart of the issue. And for me, it comes down to the hormonal balance in the body, which is actually driven by light, believe it or not. So light in the natural environment being the sun, being electromagnetic radiation from the earth, earth's magnetic field, negative ions. So for people that are, you know, have sleep issues or they have hormonal dysfunction and fertility issues, when I get them to wake up early in the morning and go outside, take their shoes off and actually look in the direction of the sun every morning, it starts to recalibrate the rhythms of their body, right? And all the hormones are actually kicked off by that rising light in the, in the morning. So I've had people that have been gone from doctor to doctor to doctor to fertility clinic, and they can't believe that, you know, something so simple as taking their shoes off and going outside at certain times can absolutely change their life. Grounding, right? That's important. And just the thought I had when you mentioned infertility, um, a couple of years back, I read a story about this woman who kept trying to get pregnant, couldn't do it. She changed her diet to all just natural foods, organic, 
And what do you know? Um, she became pregnant. Uh, here's a personal story. My, you know, my wife, we were both working um, at the top school here in Mexico. And she's an administrator, just an insane amount of hours. Sure. Couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. And we, uh, we, we, I went off to Kazakhstan. She stopped working. And I told her, literally, I said, look, I bet you in a month or two, you're going to be pregnant. And she was. Yeah. It was it was stress in her case. Yeah. This other lady's case, it was GMOs. Um, yeah. Or as you say, some of these other factors. And yeah. they, they don't want us making babies, do they, Paul? Uh, Klaus and, and George and Cobra Commander. It seems like it. It seems like they're doing everything to you know stop our reproduction our natural reproduction cycles and then they may have something down the line to replace that i don't know i've read a few things but uh i think we need that's if you want to save the human race i mean look at animals in captivity you know they are they're slowly losing their ability to procreate and we are also in captivity as well we're living in these artificial environments so you know hopefully we can be some you know on the best you know days like free-range cattle or hopefully we can live in the wild more right and uh, and not be subject to you know these artificial constrictions that we have, whether it's the food, whether it's the air we breathe, whether it's the chemtrails that are getting you know blown at us. We need to make ourselves resilient by eating correctly and and practicing some of the things that I teach. And just on that note, you know, a big theme in the Great Reset is and globalism is eugenics and right. depopulation, Malthusianism. Yeah. The green agenda, yeah, right. Um, carbon credits they're talking about, uh, not eating meat. Um, yes, you know, if, if you may or not eat, eat, I do be eating meat, but um, or restricting cars now. Even here in Mexico, the government is working to take away our cars in all countries, right? Um, air travel. I mean, we can go on and on. I saw an article today from Montreal Gazette talking about how the government's looking at pizzerias and bagel shops now who might be emitting too much CO2. And so, you know, any thoughts on this? You know, some people say the injections, um, you know, there's the, I don't know if you've seen the TV show with John Cusack, uh, Utopia. I haven't. No. Right. I've seen it recently, which was insane, which was basically what happened with COVID. But, you know, some people say the shots uh, are creating um, sterility or infertility sure. as well as, you know, people getting paralysis, Guillain-Barre, people dying yeah. from heart attacks. Yeah. There was this uh, NBA, Serbian uh, NBA I think it was a um, coach or something, assistant coach, 46 years old. He just dropped that from a heart attack like yeah. yesterday. Um, but, you know, any further thoughts on this eugenics depopulation um, program? Yeah, I mean, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, look at Bill Gates and look into his family and where he came from. His family was involved in eugenics uh, quite a lot. And I'm sure Paul Schwab as well, if you trace back his roots as well. So it's really the most important thing, I think, is the next generation because Really, at the end of the day, we can resist it all we want, but the next generation is going to grow up with this being normalized. So all the parents out there, it really lies on you to raise your children to be immune to what's going on, to understand what's going on, to pull them away from the technology, from the brainwashing, because that's the only way we're really going to win is the next generation's coming up, not being normalized to all these things. And of course, if we can't procreate, right, they have that chokehold on us. So again like my perspective is we really need to connect back with nature in order to become more resilient so we don't lose our natural you know things that make us human you know that's a natural thing that makes us human once we lose our ability to procreate i don't know are we human still it's a question well now you're opening the topic of transhumanism right post human um and i think you something important you mentioned other guests of mine have mentioned i've been talking about this even when i was still teaching 
um, the next generation. You know, again, we mentioned Hitler because uh, Borja Brand, the I might be getting his name slightly wrong, but the head of the WEF, he's talking, uh, he's using uh, Hitlerese, you, you know, talking about new order. Um, Hitler talked about the youth and many people now, you know, one thing that they're trying to do when it comes to technology is try to get this next generation um, full on with the whole smartphones and digital IDs. If they can get enough of this next generation into this stuff, then they can set up the system. I think if they don't get enough of the youth, they'll have trouble implementing it. And, and that kind of goes for everything, whether it's the, the, the social credit system or the health, right? Um, and, and other issues. So I feel the battle really is with yeah. our youth and it's yeah. up to the parents. You know, many parents just send off their kids to these schools to teach them all kinds of junk uh, yeah. now. Uh, and so it's it's parents and aunts and uncles, right? Yeah. And, and neighbors who need to ensure uh, the kids are growing up correctly. Um, any thoughts on the cashless system? You know, oh, yeah. I know a lot of people here yeah, at Greater Reset are big on Bitcoin, correct. crypto, yep. um, tech. Any thoughts on the tech space? Yeah, absolutely. Lots of thoughts on that. Like a uh, little side business I have is I make de-googled phones for people. So basically, you know, your smartphone is a surveillance device, right? I, I'm sure everybody's experienced them talking about something and then all of a sudden they're getting advertisements for things and and it's a real thing, right? It's imagine yourself being in a in a recording studio in your house and you don't even know it's there. There's a, a visible guy with a boom mic, right? So we have a serious issue there. Um, so privacy is going away. And, you know, there's things that we can do to take that back. Uh, we can choose to opt out of things like Google as much as we can. So you can get a de-Googled phone. There's certain practices that you can do online as well. Um, and also you mentioned uh, cryptocurrency. So this is a double-edged sword for sure. Obviously, we we need uh, an alternative way to store money, to spend money that's outside of the current system that's coming, which is a central bank digital currency, and that's really what's 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 scary to me because what that means is that every transaction that you do, every move that you make, is tracked and traced by big data, and you know they can basically shut on and off your accounts based on your social credit score. And we also, we, we really almost do have a credit score here already. It's not as overt as it is in China, but it's here already. All that it needs to do is be programmed. And that's what the central, central digital currency will be doing is programming that all in. And that will give them complete control over everything, if you think about it. And and, and there, you know, uh, I've got a Google phone, um, above phone. Are you with above phone or no? Uh, I'm affiliated with them, but I actually make my own devices. Okay, yeah. And... Um, was I going to say, even with the Google phones, I mean, I've had privacy experts on like Gabe of Libre Solutions Network um, and, and, and others, but you know, there's a recent problem I discovered here in Mexico. So Mex the Mexican government was the first government to purchase the Israeli spyware yes. software Pegasus, yeah. where they can remotely hack your phone, Correct. take it over. They can put stuff there that you didn't do to make it look like, you know, you cheated sure. on your wife or plant child pornography or who knows what. Right. And now there's another software that was recently reported by this great Mexican-American journalist, Luis Chaparro. Um, he goes on, he's been on that popular podcast, Concrete with a K, and he details how there's another one called Titan now here in Mexico. Mm, yeah. And I think the back end was created with Israeli help, uh, but it's also with, I don't know who in Mexico is, is running this, but licenses are sold to the Mexican government, police, military, 
and then they resell it to cartels. Oh yeah. And all you have to do is plug in someone's name. It's a database of databases. So you've got in the Titan software, you get their voter ID, their bank, their cell provider and number, um, and many other things. And it gives a log of um, every few seconds, a log of where they are, right. <laughs> who they've been calling. Yep. And so they could punch your name in, they could punch my name in and figure out where we are, even with the Google phone, because they're using now the cell service. So we, you know, we may be safe because they also track you through the Google Play Mm -hmm. um, store, but sure. okay, we get rid of that in our D Google. But yep. even with Titan now, they can still track us for the cell. And so, you know, it's uh, privacy. It's it's getting harder and harder, as you say. Yeah, if you're a journalist or you're a person of interest, you have to go above and beyond to be beyond the reach. And sometimes it might not be possible uh, for the average person, though. You know, you can take steps to at least, you know, they're not going to come after you probably like they would you know, a person of interest, like we're not Edward Snowden at the end of the day. But if you were, you know, you're definitely gonna have to take extra steps. We're not yet. But if the totalitarian state progresses, yes. I think, um, and as it becomes easier to do yeah. that. And that's my, something we might want to talk about is what will make it easier is AI. AI. That's so ne next, uh, next on the agenda, we're going to jump to our break. <laughs> I hill collective, uh, .com. We're here at the Greater Reset in Morelia, Mexico. We'll be right back. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, Make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong. Some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, Use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped or cooked incorrectly. And that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment for today. Uh, we're talking to Paul from iHealCollective.com. We are at the Greater Reset website, thegreaterreset.org, uh, live streaming every day for free. Check out the recordings if you missed them. A lot of resources on um, fighting the new world order, or as Jim Gale would say, just turning your back uh, on it and um, trying to live freely. And you mentioned um, AI. What are your thoughts on uh, AI? Well, I think it's a it's a disruptive technology that will pervade every institution and every sector of the economy, just like cryptocurrency will. So it's similar to that. And I think it's a genie that we've let out of the bottle that we probably can't put back in at this point. So I'm not too sure where we're going to end up in 10 to 15 years, but 
I believe that this is going to probably change the world in a way that we won't recognize it. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball to see exactly what that looks like, but I, I do feel that it is a, a paradigm shift for sure. And just like any, any new technology, it can be used as a double-edged sword, right? It depends whose hands gets into it. And unfortunately, you know, the technocrats are definitely going to have their hands in it. And there's probably going to be an arms race between open source technology, people using this, just like there is in cryptocurrency. So it's, it's an exciting time to be alive, but it's also scary as well. It was reported earlier this week, chat GPT made a deal with the Pentagon, right? I, I don't know your view, but I always, I'm of the firm belief that, you know, well, DARPA created the internet, right? They created, um, GPS and I, I've talked, I've had some guests on my podcast are here that, uh, we think that the intent from the beginning was to create a global technocratic control surveillance um, state system. Yeah. And uh, Facebook, I think was DARPA lifelog. Yep. Right. Um, Google was financed by the Pentagon. Sure. All of this stuff, uh, you know, Twitter is plugged into their system. Uh, Amazon and Microsoft have the big contracts with the Pentagon. So sure. now, as you mentioned, ChatGPT and, and, and the Pentagon now um, yep. connecting. And I think, as you mentioned, it's a double-edged sword. And the elites could use AI tech to facilitate tyranny, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's inevitable, I think. I mean, it's just everything that we're experiencing now, it's going to be on 11, right? It's going to just be turned up exponentially, right? And that, But just like cryptocurrency, we also have open source technologies that are also operating um, in the right, hopefully the right hands, right? So, you know, all is not lost. It's always going to be an arms race. It's always going to be a push back and forth. And we should always be looking for solutions. And that's really what the Greater Reset is all about. If you listen to the speakers here, they're really solutions oriented instead of like you can go to these you know webinars or you know online whatever and you'll hear people talking you know we all know what the problem is generally you and i and, and your audience does as well we really need to hear people talking about solutions and that's kind of the goal of these five days is to gather an eclectic group of people to handle each one of these sectors and come up with solutions that people can you know that's what they're offering it free online right you know it's great to be here we'd love to have you here next year um, but you know, if you can't make it, you know, it's, it's offered up for free online. So, you know, we hope, you know, you'll tune in to some of the great speakers that we have here this year. I'm not sure I've heard this is the last greater reset, you know, oh, it's news to me. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I'll keep folks. Um, I'd be very sad to hear that updated and yeah, other solutions. We talked a bit about health unplug from big pharma. We talked a little bit about tech, the yep. Google phones, yep. Linux. Crypto, if you're into that, gold, silver. Sure. Um, I'm thinking, you know, land is important. Yeah. I think network and, and community, you know, what are some other uh, solutions? Well, just behind us right now, they're having a meeting of people that want to come together and form communities. And that could be anywhere on earth, right? Um, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of people here from Mexico that are looking to buy land and, and uh, you know, share the land with people and, you know, kind of create um, a network going forward based on their own values. Right. So I think it's important that we stay connected, even if we can't meet here, you know, in person. Um, and that's really what the Freedom Cell is all about, is creating pockets of like-minded individuals in your local city, your local town to come together to have a support system and, uh, you know, come up with plans of, of how to move forward through, you know, the, the tyranny that may be coming or already here for you, wherever you are. Um, so, you know, grabbing land is, is obviously important. It's a valuable resource to be able to grow your own food. 
um, which you know is going to be harder and harder to get organic food going forward. Um, and also, you know, again, to raise a community that you know we we sadly may end up in a situation where we might have a like a split off kind of culture or maybe even civilization at some point, right? So you could be preparing for generations and generations ahead uh, by you know securing land and and meeting with people that share the same values as you and hopefully creating the next generation that will be the resistance to what's coming. That's what's depicted in many sci-fi right? literature is this breakaway um, <laughs> yeah. where, I mean, it's, it's a whole 15 minute, smart, 15 minute city, smart city, resilient yeah. city. I don't know if you know, so I live in Guadalajara. That's a smart uh, city. See. Yeah. Smart, it's literally a smart city. Yeah. And with, they call it a resilient city. They have different synonyms for the same thing. Sustainability, right. resilient, uh, 15 minute smart city and the the mexican gov local government there is just implement trying to implement cashless systems right massive public transport because they want to take away your cars right. um digital ids and all this insanity so it's happening um everywhere you know i i do think networking and community is the most important one of the my biggest takeaways from conferences like the greater reset is our relationships yeah um i like talking to people from all walks learning about their experiences and, and, um, you know, befriending them and, yeah. you know, you, you network and then we, we, how we can help each other out. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. and, and, um, thoughts on this global tyranny as it advances across the globe. Um, is it going to be evenly spread or do you think places like Mexico, it'll take longer to be implemented yeah. versus, you know, uh, you know, TNT's base in Australia. Um, and the, the the more developed countries were harder hits the sure. developing countries you know some developing countries were hard hit as well yeah um, absolutely but you know peru i had on last year one of the speakers from great reset she was in peru when the lockdowns happened and she said it was insane yeah um people were literally literally starving to death because of the COVID lockdowns in, in peru your thoughts on you know pockets of freedom yeah i mean there's lots to say on that i mean you can look towards what countries were free and open when the lockdowns happened like you had mexico um you had places even in in uh eastern europe like georgia um there's a few latin american countries that were good and so you can look to them and say, what was their response, right? That's one way you can look at it. Another way you can look at it also is like, even though, you know, the United States is, you know, heading towards a, maybe a technocratic nightmare, it still is a huge landmass, you know, right? And so you can still, you know, get, get under the woods and, and find land and probably, you know, make your, your enclave out there if you want to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, there's going to be holdouts in terms of like here in Mexico and talking, you know, you're talking about Guadalajara, but the, most of Mexico is, is unbanked, right? And it's a huge cash society. So actually something interesting uh, happened a few years ago here in Mexico. There was a professor actually in Guadalajara, um, ironic enough, who started a local currency called Tumin, T-U-M-I-N. And it was traded at the local markets. It was actually, uh, you know, trying to, to be, uh, you know, something in, in, you know, as, as opposed to using the peso that they, they use here that have a local currency that wasn't connected to it at all and actually spread all over, over Mexico to multiple cities. And now we're actually, there's a person um, that's in Mexico trying to di digitize that and turn it into a cryptocurrency. So this person actually lost their job at the university, obviously, uh, sadly, um, but it continued on. They actually couldn't stop it. So there are resistance, you know, resistance to this cashless society that's coming and place in Latin America, they're just so cash based. I feel like that would be the place. So there are resistance, you know, 
resistance to this cashless society that's coming and place in Latin America, they're just so cash based. I feel like that would be the place that would be the last holdout. As far as can you know, Commonwealth countries like Canada, you know, European countries, Australia, those are going to be the first ones to have the CBDCs roll out, in my opinion. So China, and you know, also Guadalajara was they rolled out. I don't know where it is now, but it, it was called Huzi. So it was basically a social mm. um, sort of credit system where um, basically uh, whatever businesses would plug into this Huzi system, the customers would get Huzi points or currency mm. by doing globalist things. Mm. Like they say, oh, if you walk or I mean, you know, it's great walking, it's great riding your bike, but it's basically social engineering. If you do what they tell you to do, you get these hoosies and then you can use them to buy uh, food and it's it's a social credit. Like if yeah. you don't do it, then you don't get these benefits. Right. So all over the world, they're prototyping these things. Every day I'm reading uh, Sierra Leone, um, Ethiopia. I think countries like this are now trying to mandate digital ID. Um, countries are saying you can't have SIM cards if you don't register your name. Yeah. Now Mexico tried that 10 years ago, it, it, it failed. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep po putting spokes in their wheels. I think and if enough of us, it's it's kind of like a game, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like if you comply with it, it's like just let's take it back to like health and wellness. You want to vote with your dollar, right? When it comes to organic food, right? You want to go support your farmers, find your local farmer's market. And the more people that buy and support the local farmers, it creates, you know, demand for that. So we'll have more organic farmers and the price gets cheaper for everyone. And same here, we have compliance. Are you complying with this stuff? And some, I understand that, you know, people are into the system uh, to a large degree and, and it's hard to, to opt out of everything, but you can do something. You can vote with your actions and dollars where you can, whether that's on the technological, whether it's on the health side, um, you have to kind of pick your battles sometimes, but you know, we can all do something right to, you know, throw gears into the, the machine, throw wrenches into the machine. Practice saying no to petty tyranny as one of my past podcast guests, former GCHQ officer, Alex Thompson of UK column once told me, uh, not just petty tyranny, big tyranny, say no to <laughs> practice saying no to any kind of tyranny, popularize saying no to tyranny. I still, like I said, we were talking about earlier trauma from COVID, you know, in my community where I live in here in Mexico, we had a community meeting, 50 of us during COVID. I literally counted there were 50 of my neighbors all wearing a mask. I was the only one not wearing a mask. And just for that site to behold that site for me was just like, wow, I couldn't believe it. We're, yeah. we're about one minute to midnight. Paul, uh, again, any final thought, takeaway? white pills okay this is my final takeaway it's all about perception right we're gonna we may go through this technocratic nightmare. The narrative yeah the narrative right they're gonna sell you a narrative but you need your own narrative and that's love compassion and kindness right if you change your perception you change your world that's the real manifestation so we might go through you know what you might classify as hell but we can do it with love all right as they say Love, love is the way to go. Love wins. That's right. Love wins. <laughs> All right. 30 seconds. Uh, com. That's right. You got, Check you got us a, out. a lot of stuff there. You got a podcast as well. So, yeah, a lot of fun here. Great resets. Uh, I think I'll, I should be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, stay tuned. Steve Malsberg is up next. Keep on rocking in the not so free world. Mm -hmm.